Welcome to the All 70s Podcast, where we take questions and answer them, whether you send them in or we get them off the New City Catechism. We've, we've done a ton of questions lately off the New City Catechism. If you've got questions, you can send them in at askatall7days.com, 864-660-9473. Join the All 7Days Hangout on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast app. Uh, Trevor, the mustache is looking quite well-groomed. Yes, sir. Um, you've got your Corinth Warrior gear on. You're looking quite uh, debonair. Thank you. Yep, I appreciate yep, it. Yep. And uh, to uh, to introduce our our guest, uh, just pause one second. I got something I gotta I gotta do. Hang on. So we have a, a very special guest in studio today, and hopefully we'll hear something. For the for the one who hates to introduce himself, I thought I would put a little <laughs> put a little something extra together. It's kind of long. It is long. And now, <laughs> from Greer, South Carolina, <laughs> the reigning most valuable preacher of the National Preaching League. <laughs> The Right Reverend <laughs> Pastor Bradley Cobb. <laughs> Welcome, Bradley. Oh, wait, wait. There's one more. There's one more thing. Let's get ready to humble. <laughs> uh, Pastor Bradley Cox is in the house with us. Hey everybody! He's wearing number twenty-three and ready to ready to dunk now. He's all fired up. What's so funny is like, I mean, back in the day, you know, when I was in late middle school, early high school, early nineties, I had this uh, old tube TV that I don't know what the how screen size was. But it was pretty small, yeah. And it had the UHF channels. You yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, just keep turning, keep turning, keep yeah. turning, keep turning. And if I held my mouth right, I could get. WGN Chicago. Absolutely. And yeah. I remember sitting there with this real blurry screen, fuzzy screen, trying to make out and I could hear I could hear it well. Yeah. But they play that song while they're oh, doing yeah. those Chicago Bulls introductions. <laughs> and man, I was a big Bulls fan. Yeah, absolutely. Cody was a huge Bull fan Bulls fan as well growing up. Had his uh Jordan jersey and you know, every time that, that song came on it was just like it's Oh man. What time is it? Game time. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. Uh, that's right. Uh, well, as you can tell, Pastor Bradley is here, and uh, we're going to answer some questions. Um, what's been going on with, with with Bradley? Oh, man. We need an episode. <laughs> just just that. of that. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should yeah. talk about. So, uh, as, so uh, from officially from the All 7 Days podcast, let me wish all of our listeners, and you too as well, a very Merry Christmas. It's yes. that time of year. Yes, and uh, we've we've also been on a little bit of a, a break, uh, as most of the listeners know. Uh, my mom passed away about a week before uh, Thanksgiving, so uh, appreciate everyone's support and prayers and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so we were we were away for a while dealing with dealing with that, getting the house uh, in a place where we could uh, not worry about things getting taken or broken into and that kind of stuff mm. so that took a little extra time but uh but we're back now 
and uh, the service was really good. And and uh, but you know, uh, we understand. You know, Bradley, you've had some issues in your family as well with yeah, man, with with in laws, not not deaths, but uh, but some accidents and. Yeah, my my 72 year old mother in law who has osteoporosis, um, who's in pretty good shape. I mean, she exercises regularly. She goes to the gym, has a trainer, and they do machine weights and stuff. And so, she had that going for her. But she was going down the stairs at her house, getting ready for us. We were uh, Mary and I and our family and Mary's brother were on on the road to meet at uh, her parents for Thanksgiving, and she fell down the stairs um, and br- severely broke both of her ankles. Mm. Uh, it's like one of those football injuries where you see somebody's leg pointing in the wrong direction. That's kind of what happened. And uh, so she had a couple of surgeries. The good thing is she did not hurt her head. No vital organs were damaged. Um, but she she has to be off of her feet for really the better part of 12 weeks. Mm. Um, she's had two surgeries. Those were both successful. Um and she does have good upper body strength, so we've worked out ways for her to get in and out of the bed on her own, believe it or not, um, to the wheelchair or to the to the bathroom. Um, and um, you know she can she can hop out of the bed into her wheelchair and wheel around the house, and the house is set up for her to be able to do that in in most most of the areas of the house where she'd want to go. And uh, but my wife, who you know she's obviously. Um, going to help as much as she can. And she was in in Franklin Springs, Georgia, for several days last week, and she's left today to go back for several days. So I'm all alone, insert uh, sad music, all alone <laughs> for the next several days. Uh, but I get to come do the All 7 Days podcast That's and have awesome. dinner with Stan and Pam afterwards. So That's right. I'm oh, excited man, about that. That's yeah, right. man. That's okay, Trevor. We're going to uh, we're gonna email you a piece of, uh, piece of roast. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Just a picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be good. Uh, yeah, Pam's been cooking that since about, I don't know, about 1, 2 o'clock today. So. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And, it, and uh, yeah, I think the last time you were here, I told you about the magic pot that she got from her grandmother. Maybe. Yeah, it's a cast iron pot that's got to be 150 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. She's and cooking, that's what she cooked the roast She's cooking in? it in that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's great. How about Excited. you, Trevor? Any any terrible news you've got? <laughs> no. No, you're good. You're is. awesome. You're gonna have a. You're gonna. <laughs> you, your 2020 has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But yes. Uh, I've been blessed with good health in my family. That's good. Thus far. That's so, good. Good cool. stuff. All right, let's take a quick break. This is the All Seven Days podcast. What kind of what kind of catchwords can you say over the internet that get red flags? Blackbriar, black. <laughs> Born. <laughs> when Mary when Mary was gone last week and I was batching it at home, I was like, I'm gonna watch every Born movie. <laughs> so I didn't get through all of them because <laughs> I fell asleep on the couch a couple of times. But they were good until they took out uh, Matt Damon and tried to do a Born movie without him. I didn't even watch that one. That was it was it was awful. Yeah. Don't don't, don't waste your time yeah, on that. No, one. no. Yeah. I like the first one. The first one's the best. First one was the best. Um I love the way they tied was it the last two, the second two, the way they tied those together. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Because mm-hmm. uh, they went they went kind of back in time mm-hmm. and, and back mm-hmm. forward again. Yeah, yeah. 
You look tired. What was her name? Uh, Jan, Jill, <laughs> Josie. <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. Again, we should be recording this. We this are recording fodder. this. Oh, we, we are, are. recording okay. this. Okay. Uh, maybe we should just stick an intro on the beginning of this. There you go. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Welcome back from a very quick break to the All Seven Days podcast, where we take your questions and answer them. And we've been going through the New City Catechism, and Bradley, you've got a lot of work to do because we've we've been uh, I've been throwing some questions together and going through several of them in an episode. So uh, we're going to look at question 19 and 20. And since you're an expert at the New City Catechism, I'm not even going to read you the questions. You're supposed to tell me what they are. <laughs> you're like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll read you the questions. I don't even have the answers down because you're going to have them, but because we're going to talk about the answers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any way to escape punishment to be brought back into God's favor? And who is the Redeemer? Uh, this is an excellent time to talk about these questions because of the season we're in in Advent. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, so uh, I'll throw those two questions out there, and you can, uh, uh, you know, riff on it. Mm-hmm. Just go. Um, I'll even put them there so you can read them. Yep. Um, well, God has made a way. Yes. Um, I mean, that's the, you know, <clears throat> one of the things I talked about on Sunday was um, that, Christmas, a lot of times when people think about Christmas, and, and if, if we even think about it in terms of Christmas worship, <clears throat> we think about a child born to die uh, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be saved. And that's absolutely true. Um, you know, but redemption is not just about um, us escaping punishment. I mean, the, the questions you know, all flow together to get us to the, the mm-hmm. big conclusion that God has redeemed us and redemption really does point us to a king and a kingdom this is about authority this is about rule this is about territory god is claiming his own um and christ is our redeemer christ is the the one who paid for our redemption uh ransomed us that's really the idea of redemption is that we've been ransomed um out of captivity to sin captivity to death uh, we've been an- ransomed out of that. So um, the way to escape punishment is for us to, um, to to fully give ourselves over to the reality that Christ is our propitiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul uses that word. It's a word that I think is so profound. It really means wrath exhausting. And so that Christ exhausted the wrath of God, um, and he took he, he took our punishment, yes, and he exhausted the wrath of God on our behalf, which is an incredible thought, mm-hmm. right? It's an incredible, incredible thought. Um, to even, and I think I'm going to do this at Good Friday and Easter this year, is to look at the progression of Jesus' statements on the cross. I think some people think that Christ died under wrath, but he didn't. Um, he, yes, took our punishment he's on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do um, and then the famous statement my god my god why have you forsaken me mm-hmm. so there is the moment on the cross where christ fully feels and fully uh, experiences the wrath of god and separation from god uh, on our behalf right right uh, but then after that 
he 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 says this. We translate it. It is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and the word means paid in full. Right. So there is a moment on the cross where before Jesus breathes last, where the wrath of God is exhausted. Right. Our redemption is fully paid for, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's at that moment Christ is no longer under wrath, and He says right before He dies, "Father, into Your hands I commend my spirit." Yeah. Uh, and so he dies uh, and enters into rest with the Father. He enters into uh, paradise because he tells the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. So right. um, there is where our redemption is secured. There's where our ransom is paid. Yeah, good stuff. So, Trevor, any any questions? Anything you want to add? No. Like I told you, um, kind of went to a direction i don't even think we touched on the word redemption when we were talking i don't recall did we stan well question 20 the question is who is the redeemer yeah but we we get we get into the word redemption right yeah and what it truly means i don't think people really understand what that really means yeah so that was true uh, i'm glad you touched on that and and it's worth you know i think each word that we talk about salvation with is important Mm -hmm. um justification propitiation, redemption, uh, all of those salvation, um, all of those words are, are very, very important. Um, but, you know, our redemption, our ransom, our forgiveness um, is not a sweep under the rug. It's not, it, right. it's a, God is just, right? So punishment had to be given. Um, penalty had to be paid. Um, this is not, uh, God is not a judge who looks at a convicted criminal and goes, I think we're going to let you off the hook this time. Right. Uh, because you, you, you seem to be, have become friends with this good guy that I really like, um, uh, named Jesus. No, this, th- God is a judge who executes justice and Christ lived a perfectly righteous life and then died in our place. So, so Yes, r- ransom is paid, and our our forgiveness is justified. Right. right that that to me is just so profound to think about that I don't I don't stand in the presence of God, or I won't stand in the presence of God at the judgment seat as somebody who skeeted on by. Right. Right. I st- I, I live in the righteousness of Christ. Right. Uh, and the fact that you know my justification was paid for, ransom was paid, redemption was paid, mm-hmm. and that uh, you know you can you can just the depths of our salvation, I just, I think, I never get tired of exploring that, yeah. meditating on that. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, question 21 is, what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? And the answer to that is fully human, yet fully God. Mm-hmm. So the next two questions, so ask, the, ask the questions, why? Uh, why truly human and why truly God? And uh, my notes here, uh, you you kind of touched on this on your in your sermon Sunday. Mm-hmm. When you talked about the, when Gabriel comes to Mary and says you're going to conce- you're going to conceive and bear a son, and she says how, uh, flesh that out and talk about why why truly man why truly God fully man fully God, and how the virgin birth matters in that equation. Mm. Well, if we start with the virgin birth, I mean um, that's a that's a doctrine that's a it's a gospel reality that you know has come under a lot of scrutiny um you know people 
there's some people I think that like Jesus, like Jesus's teachings, um, and just reject the notion that a virgin would give birth, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but without the virgin birth, we don't have the incarnation. Um, and I think it was uh, <clears throat> it was Tolkien that he wrote an essay. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the essay um, in defense of fairy tales or in defense of it was something like that. And he was basically talking about the um, the necessity of fiction and storytelling in order to picture great realities that we know to be true about life. And he coined this phrase called eucatastrophe, which is. Um, his way of talking about the sudden turn of events in every story that's unexpected and yet is crucial mm-hmm. to the heroine uh, being the hero, right. right? And he called the incarnation of Christ the eucatastrophe of human history. Mm. It's the sudden turn of events that nobody saw coming, that, that God the Son would become human without ceasing to be God, that he would... Let's set aside his divine privileges without setting aside his divine nature and, and come and be fully human and fully God. And then Tolkien went on to say that the resurrection was the eucatastrophe of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw that coming either, that Christ would actually submit himself to people he created in a world broken because of sin, die, and then come back to life, be raised from the dead, uh, and and the Bible calls him the firstborn from among the dead. So, mm-hmm. there there's these are these are incredible realities. And when Mary asked Gabriel, she's a virgin. She asked Gabriel, "All right, how's this going to happen? You know, because he's told her you're going to bear a son, and she's betrothed. She's not married. And I think her question is really, I think we, I think we could boil it down to something as simple. She's asking Gabriel, uh, "Did Joseph and I need to move up the wedding date?" Mm-hmm. You know, I think she believes it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, she's not like Elizabeth, who you know, you you read the first part of Luke chapter one. Elizabeth is old and barren, um, but at least Elizabeth had Old Testament predecessors, barren women like Hannah and Sarah um, and Mariah's wife, who had children mm-hmm. unexpectedly. Never before and never again will a virgin conceive and bear a son. And so I think Mary's going, Gabriel, do I need to just talk to have a little talk with Joseph and say, look, we got to get married now because I'm supposed to have a child. Yeah. And he says, no, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So <clears throat> Jesus is Jesus is God. He has a divine father, not a biological human father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's divine as God's son. And he's human as Mary's son. Right. And this is incredible um, that God, the son, would take on flesh without ceasing to be God. He would come and, you know, Paul says in Colossians that God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So in the incarnation, why truly human? Why fully God? Uh, because in the incarnation, we have the perfect representation of God the Father. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we don't have to question who God is and what he's like because Mm -hmm. we have Jesus. We can look at him and know we are beholding the only begotten of God the Father. We are are beholding God the Son, and Jesus says, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know that. And he is fully human, and so he... He has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. 
Um, he, he, is, he is fully acquainted with our griefs and our sorrows. And he, he dies. In order, in order for him to die, he has to be human. So in order for him to fully go into death and defeat death, he has to be fully human, right? right? God can't die. But Jesus, being fully God and fully man, he does die. He can bleed. He can die, and so he does. He fully takes on humanity. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis that I, I, I heard say that, you know, I think it was C.S. Lewis. I'm not exactly sure about that. But that, you know, the incarnation is the, the equivalent of God descending into the watery grave of humanity and rescuing people off the depths you know i mean he comes all the way down um identifies with us and then saves us mm-hmm. um so I, I don't know i think that's my take on it it's, it's why fully human why fully god is that's that good. uh we see god and we we know that our redemption is real right yeah. we know it's real um so good anything trevor no, I think you covered all that. And the Virgin Mary, that was good. I like how you tied that in there, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, uh, I was, I'm writing stuff down. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's good to take notes. Um, so, uh, why, why the necessity for Christ the Redeemer to die? My question for you is can you spell propitiation? Probably not. I'm a terrible speller. <laughs> I am too. I am if it terrible. weren't for uh, spell check, oh. I would. Uh, it would not be. It'll be good. <clears throat> you, you ever have those moments like when, uh, this happens when I'm writing sermons? Is I'm, I'm typing and typing and typing, and then I type a word in it, and that gets the the, the dreaded red line underneath. Yeah. yeah. And then you click on it, and it's like no replacements found. <laughs> so I'm so far <laughs> off <laughs> that that my computer doesn't know what I'm trying to type. And then I'm like, I've tried other versions, and I'm still not close. And then yeah. I pick up my phone and dictate the word so I can figure out how to spell it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think my southern gets in the way yeah. of how I spell words. Because yeah, I'll yeah. say, I'll, I'll use an E sound when it's really an I sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gets all mixed up. So, <laughs> and then they, you know, it's like the Brian Reagan group joke. You know, hooked on pahonics, worked for meh. <laughs> what are these crazy words like pneumonia? Starts with a P. What? What's going on? Here? I, I pronounce the P when I pneumonia. Pneumonia. <laughs> and if I use a knife, it's a knife. It's a knife. Okay. Why the silent K? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so why was it necessary for Christ to die? Yes. That was question 24. Um, so the, the it was actually, I did a Bible study with some folks this afternoon, and we were kind of talking about this. Um, salvation is not simply a new way of thinking. It's not a new mindset it's not turning over a new leaf like I, you know we're, we're on on the threshold of the new year where lots of people are going to make new year's resolutions and you know try to live better that's not what salvation is that's not what christianity is the bible talks about salvation and christianity as new life as new creation it's, it's always been fascinating to me that all four Gospels in the resurrection account, all four of them 
have these words on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week, as we're as each of the four gospel writers tell us about the resurrection of Christ, mm-hmm. the, the the early church because of the resurrection, sh- they they were good Jewish people, right? right? I mean, they they worshiping on Saturday, but they made the shift to worship on the Lord's day on Sunday, on the first day of the week, because everything is new. This is a new creation. Paul talks about us uh, identifying with Christ in His death being buried with him and then being raised to new life. Um, we're, not, we're not getting a spruce up in salvation. We're getting a new life. Behold, all things have passed away and everything has become new. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but thanks be to God, he has made us alive. God, even the language of born again. Mm-hmm born again that is you know nicodemus was flabbergasted by that um you must be born again we're 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 outwardly we're wasting away inwardly we're being made new day by day so death is a death is inevitable for us all save the lord coming back in our lifetime um and what but what we know like my my uncle uh who had dementia and a lot of other health issues died recently of covid and I remember my mom, the day she called me and told me that they had moved him out of the ER, back to the nursing home, into the COVID unit, and they were calling in hospice. Mm-hmm. And it's such a horrible thing because this is a man that pastored all of his life. He has a wonderful, loving family in Virginia, and they cannot be with him. They cannot see him. Um, he doesn't know what's going on. His dementia is bad enough that... Um, he can't understand everything, but he's still lucid enough that he's sad and he's wondering where his wife is. He's wondering where yeah. his children are. It's just a horrible, horrible thing. And I remember saying to my mom, we, we, we talked about this when she told me, I said, you know, Uncle Edward is outwardly he's waste, wasting away. We, we see that. It, he's mm-hmm. slipping away. But he's still being made new inwardly day by day. Right. And he's so close this is what I said to my mom. He's so close to fully realizing his newness. Yeah. And without the death of Christ, there is no resurrection. Right. And there is no hope of eternal life. And and for Christ to come out of the grave, not with a brand new, different body, but with a renewed body. He still had scars. He still had is is. And then you, you, you think about that, and then you read verses like, um, we, we're, we're not what we will be. What we will be has not yet been fully revealed. But when he appears, we will be like him. He will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Is, he had to die to defeat death. Right. So that the apostle Paul could come along and say, or Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus could say, don't fear those who can put you to death. That's all they can do. Right. Fear the one who has the power to send you to hell. But now in Christ, we, those of us who are saved, we know that you know, death is, death, death is the, it's the transition. It's the, it's the removal of the veil, right? Mm-hmm. Where our newness and our, our, um, our being a new creation in Christ is fully realized. Uh, but without his death, without his going all the way into death, and as N.T. Wright says, he went all the way into death and out the other side. Yeah. 
um, that had to happen in order for us to have that kind of hope. Does that clear it up for you, Trevor? You're good. I still want to hear him spell propitiation. <laughs> well, it's written right here. Let me see. <laughs> I will. I will brag a little bit. When I typed that out, I got it right in the first try. Did you? Really? I did. Propitiation. It, it, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. And I do the I do the same exact thing you do, Bradley. I just start typing if. I just wait for the red line to come up, and I'm like, yep, that looks right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so does Christ's death mean all our sins can be forgiven? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes. So this, this one also, the answer had, had the phrase in it about remembering our sins no more. Mm -hmm. And I've always had issue with a phrasing like that, mm -hmm. uh, and I've always said that I don't think God forgets our sin because mm -hmm. he records it in scripture. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, you know, it, it, the Bible also talks about in Hebrews, it is, it is appointed for man to die once. Mm -hmm. And after that, the judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think it paints a picture to me that every person is going to stand before God and give an account for the way he lived his life. Mm -hmm. And those are in, who are in Christ at the end of that, will see Christ step up and say, I paid for that. Yep. I totally agree with that. Okay, good. I, I think, you know, you, you have to, the Bible is full of, of metaphor and, and, and even hyperbole, mm -hmm. right? For Jesus to say, unless you hate your father, mother, and brothers, you have no part of me. Right. So Jesus is not saying you need to hate your father, mother, and brothers. Right. What he's saying is a hyperbole to say, to communicate that your love for me should be so far greater than your love for anyone or anything else that it almost looks like right. you hate everything compared to your love for me. Um, and I think the, the, the amazing, um, the amazing reality of having our sins paid for by Christ and to be fully justified before a perfectly righteous, perfectly holy God is, I think this is the Bible, you know, uh, really trying to help us get our heads around that. God doesn't remember them. Like, it's, 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 that, it's, it's that amazing that my sins will not be held against me. Right. Um, in, as, if, if I stand in the righteousness of Christ. I think that's what the Bible's trying to communicate there. It's a, yeah. it's a bit of hyperbole. Because, no, I agree with you. I think... Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the sovereignty of God. And so before, when you think about what Paul said in Ephesians 1, before the foundations of the world, God chose us to be holy and blameless. Mm -hmm. Well, he knows all things. He is before all things. And he, he chose us to be holy and blameless with our sin in view that would play out over time. Right. So it's... It, no, God. It's not that God has a has a, a memory. The, the blood of Christ caused a memory problem for God. No, it's. I think that we are justified, and so those sins, in a high, hyperbolic sense, are remembered no more. Right. I always phrase it like this: um, they're not counted against us. Yeah. Anymore. Exactly. That's, that's what I think so. That means. Mm -hmm. Trevor, you had a question here as well. I do, but it's, it's kind of different. It's. Uh, it's okay. We like different. About Sin and uh, forgiveness of sins. I've been thinking a while, and I wanted to know if you could, you know, clear it up for me. 
why Jesus came at that time period and not uh, later? Why not earlier? Uh, was sin greater then than it is now? Because, I mean, you know, we hear a lot of people talk about, you know, Jesus coming back. Uh, is it because we have too much sin or were the people back then more sinful than we are now and they just needed God to come now? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> I. I've said to the to the church the last two Sundays, you know, God does what he does when he wants to, how he wants to, and nobody's going to stand in his way. Um, I would have done it differently probably. I, I probably would have sent Jesus about a week after Adam and Eve fell. You know, just give him a good week to, you know, uh, feel, feel, feel the consequences and, and uh, just think about that for a little bit. And go, to, we'll, go to your room. Yeah, go to your room. <laughs> Time out. Um, but it, 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 you know, Paul says um, in Galatians, in the fullness of time, Christ came. And the word fullness of time in the Greek literally means at the exact right moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a really great answer for why that was the exact right moment. You know, after mm-hmm. Abraham and um you know, slavery in Egypt and the Exodus and Moses and Joshua and, and all of the prophets and Malachi uh, and then 400 years of silence and then an old dusty priest and his wife uh, in the temple get the announcement that you're going to give birth to John the Baptist and about six months later, Gabriel is dispatched again to talk to Mary, a virgin who's betrothed, and say, you're going to give birth to one who will be called the Son of the Most High, who will sit on the throne of his father David uh, and will reign over the house of Jacob and over his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I, I don't really have a good answer for why that was the exact right moment, but what Scripture declares is that it was perfect. It wasn't five seconds too early or five seconds too late. It was just mm-hmm. the exact right moment in human history. And when Christ returns, it will be the exact right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, and everybody quotes this, you know, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. You know, God, God is not ruled by time. He rules over time. And... Um, so I, I, that would be my that would be my biblical answer is that I don't know why then I just know it was right. Uh, I don't and I don't think that God and I don't think you were saying this in your question I don't think you were insinuating this but I don't think God is a reactionary God at all. Right. I don't think that He was sort of waiting. All right, let's see when sin gets bad enough that I'll I'll then send you know Jesus you just sit tight. And we're going to wait till it gets to this level, and then you go. No, I think he, bef- Jesus is the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Right. You know, before yeah. there was let there be light, there was a plan. Time was created, and at the exact right moment, Jesus took on flesh. Good, yeah, good stuff. All right, question twenty-six. What else does Christ's death redeem? The answer to that is basically. All of creation, mm-hmm. he redeems creation. Any any thoughts on what's the what quote again on? from C.S. Lewis where he talks about we are we are far too easily satisfied. Yeah, we we 
we we we fool around with drink and 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 sex and money and houses and, and he didn't it, yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing my we're own like words. we're like children playing around with mud, mud pies. pies when we because we don't know what a holiday at the sea is yes. like something so like good that, yeah. yeah and the point is all things will be ours you know that that mm-hmm. it's it's you know all that is all that is christ's will be ours we are joint heirs with christ and so we ask the question well what is christ's well the earth is the lord's in the fullness thereof mm-hmm. you know his kingdom is coming right and one day it will come in its fullness and all the kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms of our god and of his christ and we will reign with him that, that this yeah. is the language of of the bible as it describes our inheritance um and so what did he redeem everything all things will be reconciled to him yep. um and i love what uh was it doug wilson um said that uh you know people always say you know this this world is not my home i'm just passing through and doug wilson sort of stood that on his head and he said heaven's not my home i'm just passing through talking about death and the present heaven you know to be Mm -hmm. absent from the bodies to be present with the lord so we know there is there is a present heaven a paradise where those who die in christ are are going but the the end of the book talks about a new heavens and a new earth Mm -hmm. right so all things are going to be redeemed there's going to be a new earth christ will set up his throne and we will reign with him and so i think heaven the ultimate final heaven will be uh It'll be, I don't know, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to describe too much. I wouldn't say I'm a scholar on, in eschatology or anything, but I think, I think we're going to experience a lot of the same joys and, and loves of this life, but at a level that we can't even fathom uh, because sin will be no more, death will be no more. Revelation 21, the sea will be no more, which the sea represented uncertainty and, and calamity mm-hmm. and danger. All of those things will be removed. Uh, we'll experience relationship at the highest level with no insecurities. Right. Yeah. Imagine a, a relationship with another human, much less being in the presence of God forever, but a, a relationship with another human that's not tainted by the, even a hint of insecurity because all of our desires and longings are fully satisfied in the presence of God. In his presence, Psalm 16, is fullness of joy at his right hand mm-hmm. and pleasures forevermore. So if, if, I could, if I could even be in a community where I'm so satisfied there's not a hint of insecurity or conflict or it, it, like th- this is it's beyond all we could ask or think you yeah. know um and I, I think that uh all things will be redeemed which includes yes our bodies the earth mm-hmm. um you know i think ele- all the elements of the earth that we in, in enjoy now uh, but also relationships. Um, you know, there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. Um, all things will be redeemed, um, and and we will enjoy everlasting happiness. Um, which, man, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we're doing this. We're doing this song on uh, Sunday. We're gonna we're gonna take communion for the first time in a long time. COVID's made that difficult. Um. But when we after we take communion, we're going to sing this new song called "New Jerusalem." Have you guys heard it? I'm playing Sunday. So. You playing Sunday? I, yeah. I hope I've heard it. 
Actually, there's not a lot for me to do because I'm playing yeah, bass. It's, and it's, it's, more it's kind of an anthem hymn type song, but yeah. it just talks about our home in New Jerusalem. And, you know, First Peter really wrecked me. I was talking with your son <laughs> about that this morning. Um, just really wrecked me to, to just over and over again for Peter to tell me I'm a sojourner, I'm an exile. I'm not home. Yeah. I'm just not home, but one day I will be. We'll be together. Yeah. In the New Jerusalem, our home in New Jerusalem. Um, that um, I think there was an era in the church world where we sung more about eternity and heaven and um, suffering being over. And then I don't know the majority of my lifetime, um, things have been more focused on in the church world. Our, our teaching and our conversation has been more focused on the here and now, the temporary. And I'm not saying all that's bad, but um, I feel like there's a, you know, in the, it, it's interesting in times of suffering pandemic, um, the church starts to go, you know what? This world is just leaving me wanting. Yeah. And, um, I, my hope is not anchored here. Yeah. And that could be really depressing, uh, save our gospel hope that all things are going to be redeemed and one day we're going to be home. Yeah. Um, so cool. Can you spell eschatology? No. Okay. Eschatology. E S C H A. Oh, see, I wouldn't have put the H. T O L O G Y. Oh, good. Uh, I'm not checking it. I wouldn't have put the H in there. I, I, I wouldn't. An an All right. Last question. Uh, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but this is this is uh, this is the controversial one that we have to get to. Okay. Are all people? just as they were lost through Adam, saved through Christ? You're asking a universal question there? Yes. Yeah. Is that the catechism? Yes. Okay. That's the, that's are the question. All people, are all people. Yeah. All means all. Mm-hmm. Are all people saved as all? In, in Adam, all dies. Is, in, in Christ, all live is the, is the I guess, the scripture yes. that would probably go to there. But... Um, no, not no, not all are going to be saved. So my question here is: Can can you, in two minutes or less, flesh out limited atonement? <laughs> uh, no, but what I can say is that you know you hear the term limited atonement, and people just get all crazy about Calvinism, Arminianism, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. The the truth of the matter is, every person who has even a limited understanding of the gospel believes in limited atonement unless they're a universalist right unless you believe that christ died and that was a rubber stamp for everybody that's ever lived we're all going to heaven you know everybody gets the trophy at the end of it all uh unless you believe that then yes you believe in a limited atonement right uh because the atonement didn't cover everybody and it either only covers those who make a decision for jesus or it only covers those who uh, God sovereignly elects for right. salvation. So mm-hmm. wherever you land on that, there's there, there's a limit to the atonement, right? Um, and people talk about the unconditional love of God, and that's you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't love unconditionally in the sense that we tend to think about it, right? I mean, right. He ta- the Bible says, you know, He abhors the wicked. Right. You got to do something with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't just love me for who I am, right? I mean, he he. In fact, he, probably the opposite is true. 
That's right. <laughs> it's right. You know, it's it's it, and, and there's so much we could go into right there. But the fact of the matter is, Christ had to die. This is what all these questions are building up to. Right. Christ had to die. He had to exhaust the wrath of God, and only for those who. The righteousness of God has been imputed. I think whether you're a Calvinist or Arminian, you, you've, you, you, I think we could agree on that because mm-hmm. we, we cannot stand in our own righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Right. We must have the righteousness of Christ. So the atonement only, it, it, it's limited to those who stand in the righteousness of Christ. Now, where you land on how that happens might be different, but um, you know, I personally... I don't think God swings and misses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I uh, heard I heard Sproul one time describe it like this. Either either we he's like you said, we all believe in a limited atonement. Mm-hmm. And it's either that the blood of Christ was um effective for those he meant to save, the elect, mm-hmm. or it was ineffective for those that don't trust him. Yeah. For and, and, and here's where you gotta go with that. It was ineffective for some he loved and wanted to save, intended to save, right. but did wasn't able to. Right. And I just can't Which makes get, which makes God weak. It makes God limited. Yes. It and limits I, God. I can't get there biblically. And I know that's controversial. And, and the I, Psalm says God does everything he pleases. Mm-hmm. And if it pleased him, if it pleases him to save everyone, and now this is this is where we get into the twist, right? Mm-hmm. Because we believe God is a good God, a loving God, and why can't He? Mm-hmm. Um, and why doesn't He? Mm-hmm. But He doesn't. So we've got to do something with that. We do. And and here's my encouragement: um, don't don't get don't get so hung up on the. The sovereignty of God as it relates to those who will not be saved. Like, I, I think I think you can. I, like, I, I feel like I have wrestled through years and years of studying the scriptures and having conversations with people way smarter than me. And I, I have, like um, um, uh, Jonathan Edwards, I had to wrestle through... Um, a lot of time of not really relishing the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. uh, because of this issue in order to get to the point where I feel like I can fully worship the Lord in gladness in his sovereignty, knowing that um, he saves those whom he will save. Right. He has mercy on those whom he, who he has mercy. Yep. Um, not everybody can get there right away, and I understand that, and that's okay. But I think what... You know, I heard Brian Alkin tell this story one time. Um, he was teaching through Romans, and I think he was in Romans nine. Had to be at uh, <laughs> a church years ago in California. And this uh, sweet little lady stands up at. He asked for questions at the end, and uh, he's obviously a sovereignist. Uh, you want to say Calvinist? That's fine. Uh, she stands up and she goes, "Nope, I don't believe it. That's not how it happened for me. I chose Jesus. I chose." to trust in him and that's how I'm saved and and everybody's got that option whatever and Brian just very calmly you've been around him you know how he mm-hmm. does he just says okay well tell me your tell me your salvation story she goes well I was you know just you know I, I don't remember all the details but you know I was doing my own thing and and I wasn't raised in church I didn't I didn't believe in all this stuff I had some 
Christian friends here and there, and, and I would always just tell them, don't tell me about that stuff. I'm not interested. It never made sense to me. And uh, finally, one of my friends, you know, kind of coerced me into going to church this one particular Sunday, and I go, and I sit down, and the pastor starts to talk, and all of a sudden, it made sense, and she stopped. <laughs> and she went, oh. <laughs> God did something. Yeah. God, as the scriptures declare, illuminated her darkened heart. Exactly. He awakened something that wasn't there before. He took out yeah. a hard heart, put in a soft heart. He he did something and I and and I think every Christian should relish that. Yeah. If I diminish the sovereignty of God in any way in my mind, my joy goes down. Yeah. My joy in salvation goes down. But when I think about the fact that I didn't deserve this, I didn't earn it, I don't merit keeping it, I wasn't looking for it, but God sovereignly chose to call me. I, I do not think Christianity and the gospel is a choice between life and death. I think it is a sovereign act of God to bring his people from death to life. Right. And when you get a hold of that, Oh, the Bible comes alive. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, songs that we sing all the time, when death was arrested and my life began, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you, amazing grace, right? Yeah. How sweet the sound that God would not just have mercy on me and not give me what I deserve, but he would give me something far greater than what I deserve. Uh, that's what grace is. Yeah. And uh, so limited atonement, um, to, and I didn't do it in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you fleshed it out pretty well. But I would say it is, in, and I'm not sure I like the, 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 um, the phrasing that Calvin used there. I mean, <clears throat> far be it from me to question John Calvin um, <laughs> or those who wrote about his <clears throat> teachings right. uh, and come out, came up with that term. But I prefer to say effective atonement. Yeah. It's, it's, it's effective. It messes up the word tulip, but. Yes, it does. It doesn't work, you know. You, <laughs> Two way up. But acronyms usually mess us up. <laughs> That's it's, true. But it's just, it's an effective atonement, you know. Um, Jesus died, and His blood, righteous blood, is powerful and effective, and it saves those whom God will save. And we don't have to question that. We don't have to. We don't have to be uncertain about the effective. I don't have to be, and Trevor doesn't have to be, and Stan doesn't have to be. We don't have to be uncertain about the effectiveness of the atonement for us. Um, mm -hmm. And so its limited nature is really a testimony of its effectiveness. Yeah. What do you got, Trevor? <laughs> Why do you always have have me talk after Bradley? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Because of the mustache, it oh, looks it looks so. I'm just here for good looks. Yeah. What was it? What, what's the anchorman's name? Ron. Ron Burgundy. Ron don't Burgundy. Start, don't get me started. On that. Oh man, that's that. You you've got to hang on to the mustache for like a year now and do that at Halloween. You could be Ron Burgundy at Halloween. Grow the hair out. Grow it any time, Stan. Oh, that's true. It only takes you like fifteen minutes to grow that. <laughs> Not <thing>. twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, awesome. I got all these Ron Burgundy quotes going through. My head. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, great job, Bradley. Glad to have you. Uh, it's always good to be the, with the you. The high and right Reverend Pastor Bradley, the humble. And thank you for my intro. Like Cody's got to get that on the Westminster podcast. Yeah, he's he's worried because with the music and everything, it's like two minutes long. Yeah, but you know the 
the meat of it is right in the middle, and you can kind of talk into the intro. And yeah. I've saved me it. a lot of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> or I could just I could just show up every Tuesday when you guys record and just do it for you. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. And <laughs> <Good>. now. <laughs> Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we appreciate uh, all our listeners out there. Uh, remember, you can get your questions in at askatall7days.com, 864-660-9473. Bradley just broke a microphone. It's all good. Join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook. Let others know about the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes, and support us, all7days.com slash shop or anchor.fm slash all7days. Become a monthly supporter. We would appreciate it. Leave a review for the podcast and let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you'd like to hear something different. Um, or yeah, I don't know. Maybe sports talk mm. sports as relate as how it relates to Christianity. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. No, nah, sure. it's not. That's not going to happen. I don't think we can intertwine the two. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a few uh, uh, maybe so. Uh, this is the All Seven Days podcast, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now, go give someone what you value most today. <laughs>